Hello and welcome to another edition of Wise Council Weekly, powered by Athenian Group. I'm your host, Tanyan Farley, and I have my co-host with me, Alex Francis. Alex, how are you doing this morning? It's all right, man. It's not not my normal morning, you know. Uh, electricity company had to cut the power out. I'm recording from my mom's house right now. I got a filter on my face. It looks all funny, but you know, we got another banger of a guest on today, so it's not bad. We took, and yeah, for those of you that, that don't realize, maybe you can't see because you're not watching on YouTube, you're listening. <laughs> We have taken the podcast fully mobile. Alex has relocated <laughs> to another location. We just want y'all to know that adversity is not going to stop us stop us from delivering right. content to you. Uh, I We're think dedicated. that's actually a, a great like you know metaphor for our guest today, who you know is going to talk about the adversity he came over, talk about you know establishing a personal brand, um, and really just the importance of sticking to your values, which I think mm-hmm. is something we've talked about on this podcast before. I think it's great, you know, and continuing to make sure we grow from that and, and learn from that. So, so Absolutely. that's going to segue into our, our main topic of the day. So you want to, you want to fill in the group what the topic is, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. So main topic today is just building a brand, um, all aspects of it, you know, from uh, transitioning from one brand to another, or, you know, a whole career to into building your own brand. We're going to discuss some things like that with our guests. Um, then we're going to go into some quick hits with our managing partner, Bobby Dixon. And then for our big three today, it's going to be brands you should support and why. Yeah. And we're excited about this episode. Um, You know, building a brand is something that uh, I think a lot of people are looking to do in in today's day and age. So I'm going to dive right into game time, Alex, if that's okay with you. You know, you know, building a brand is something that's been around for a long time. You think about the big brands of the world, you think about Coca-Cola, you think about McDonald's, you think about Walmart, right? But I think there's also another side of brands that's personal brands, right? Which is, is really interesting when you think about what a brand is, right? You think about what people identify you as, right? When they see a logo, when they see a slogan, when they see a product, right? They identify with that brand. And so I think that's really why it's important to a business or to a person as a whole is your brand is what people view you as, whether right or wrong, right? right. Whether right or wrong is what you is what they view you as. You know, you think about Dave Chappelle, think about a funny guy that's got great jokes. You think about you know, Pepsi, you think about a, a company that consistently delivers the same kind of product to millions around the world. And so I think you know, looking at what your brand is and how it shapes you is, I I think, really key. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely, man. Everything you just said was exactly what I was thinking. I mean, a brand is like the first thing that pops into your head when you think of a particular company or person. Um, And it's important to a brand to build that reputation, um, you know, for the factors that lead to that amount of of success and the type of customers, customers that they want to attract. Um, when I think about branding and like kind of why it's important to a business, I, I always think about uh, farmers and cattle because that's, you know, they have that branding iron. So they brand their livestock. And yep. then when they go to market, people can see, you know, that they have, you know, great cows or whatever, the, whatever the livestock is. And they can see that that brand and that farmer gets great notoriety and recognition for having a great product. And that literally is what that brand did when they brand that cow and then turn into a brand as a whole for that farmer and their company. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is quite literally, right. Yeah. The meaning of a brand, but I think it's Crazy. a great way to think about it. I think that, you know, when you think about what are important things to consider as you build your brand, it's exactly what you just said, right? That is what people see on you, right? It may be a prize cow, but it's got that brand that says, you know, Alex Francis farms or whatever it may be. So people know, right. That's your brand. You produce high quality cows, you know, maybe non GMO fed, whatever it may be, right. right, right. People know. So you think about important things, 
you know, to build your brand is what we just talked about, right? What are your values? And I think your values is what builds your brand, like whatever you focus on internally and your values that you shape your company towards is what people see you as, right? We're going to talk about, you know, some corporations that, that you need to support when you think about, you know, a brand that, um, people recognize and why they recognize the brand, you know, I'm going to go back to Amazon. I know I talk about Amazon a lot on this podcast, but to me, it's an extremely strong brand because what does Amazon mean? It means speed, reliability, and value. Plain and simple, right? People right. know that Amazon is going to get you the product you want. It's going to get it to your door. It's going to make it easy for you. It's going to be reliable, right? And I think that's, that's what you need to focus on when you build your brand or when a company's building your brand is focusing on your values and then think about how you apply those values to everything you do, whether it's sales, whether it's inventory, whether it's customer relations, whatever it is, if you stick to your values, that's what's going to shine through in your brand. I mean, what do you think are some other important things to consider for it comes to Absolutely, build a brand? Uh, that, that, that brand right there, um, it's thinking to your value and thinking to your core um, is the main thing that I think is the number one thing that you should consider because you don't want to sway off course too much trying to make something happen when, you know, things are rough or, or times are hard, you know, just to make that quick dollar because, you know, people will remember that in the future and, you know, sometimes you can't recover from those, you know, mistakes or decisions that you made to make that quick dollar. And then secondly, I just believe like you should consider your, consu- your, your consumers, uh, just like you said with Amazon, they found a niche in the, mar- a niche in the market and, in the current state of that business and found a way to cap your market share. Um, and everything doesn't just fit one formula. They figured out a way that to move quicker, move faster and give people the different things that they want um, at a faster rate. And every brand can have a different recipe, but you have to build your brand in that niche area just to cap capture that consumer attention. For sure. And I'm just, before we move on to the kind of next mm-hmm. thought here, I just want to, you know, reiterate something you just said, Amazon, Amazon yeah. that now sends me, Everything I need in my life started yeah. off selling books, right? <laughs> selling hard copy paperback books. And if you think about now, one of the biggest e-reader digital delivery of books in the world mm-hmm. is Kindle. Yep. Right? And yep. Amazon owns that. So you think yep. about their brand recognition has now transferred, right? Yeah. From wow. its original thing that you talked about. It's pretty cool to watch it grow, right? And they yeah. stuck to their values of what they were doing. So mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some some key actions, right, that a business can take to build your brand is kind of what we talked about, right? So we, Amazon, good example. So started with books, found their way to continue to grow, and they took actions to move their brand from one piece to another, right? So they started with books, they slowly moved to other items, right? They rolled out the Kindle platform, but they built it little by little with the same values that they'd done before. And so I think continuing to be consistent in your actions, you know, I, I know we talk about consistency on this podcast a lot too. which I guess is good, right? Be consistent Mm -hmm. about things you're passionate about, but they continue to deliver on the same kind of values over and over again, no matter the product. So they can continue to extend their brand and make a presence that I think is, you know, one of the top strongest brands in the world. So, uh, you know, I think the other thing that Amazon really capitalized on was the growth of the internet, the growth of social media, the growth of the free flow of information. So I think now it's probably easier than ever to make a brand for yourself, good or bad, right? Yeah. Yep. Good or bad. Same with your company, good or bad, easier to, you know, make a brand. Now I think it's harder than ever to maintain a brand because, okay. you know, Alex, and we'll hear about this a little more when we talk with our guests today, but you know, we live in a world today that very much has access to all that information, information, free flow that's on the internet. And so because of that, your brand can easily be tarnished, right? And all it takes is one 
incorrect yeah. email, one cor- yeah. incorrect tweet. Like what are your thoughts on, on how easy it is to build a brand, but how hard it is to maintain a brand in today's world? Yeah, man. Uh, to build that brand, um, to building it up and maintaining all on social media uh, is definitely easier than ever before. Um, Cause one thing is you can have all your customers in one place. Uh, you can see what you can consumers think about your products in real time in the comment sections. Um, you can launch new product line extensions at, at a moment's notice and blast it to all of your consumers that follow you. Um, and as well as, you know, you can show your, your, your company's uh, comical side or, or, or your charitable, charitable values. A lot of ways to connect with the common consumer and relate to your customers, um, which shows you and how, you know, you are as a brand and attracts more customers that align with your message and your views. So it's a lot of things that go into social media that can lead to just more customers, more revenue, and, and a lot of connecting with just the customers that you want to talk to. For sure. And when you think about you know, what you just mentioned, social media and connecting your customers and creating a strong brand. I think that's a great segue into our guest today. Um, We are bringing on uh, a good friend of both Alex and myself, um, Super Bowl champion. I still think that's really cool to say, by the way, Super Bowl champion. Not many people in the world (laughs) get to be introduced to that. Super Bowl champion, current Seattle Seahawk, uh, media personality, all around good guy, uh, Luke Wilson. So we're going to bring him on the podcast. All right, we now welcome on our guest, Super Bowl champion, current Seattle Seahawk, media personality, our good buddy, my guy, Luke Wilson. Luke, Yay. how you doing this morning, man? Daniel, what's up, man? What's up? Alex, Daniel, how we doing? I'm good, man. What's going on with you, man? How's it up there in Seattle right now? Uh, right now, it's it's been a good, warm week, man. You know, it's uh, – I don't know if anyone on here has been to Seattle, and I know, like, Seattle gets the whole – it's gray and rainy, blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you something, man. And this is a hot take, but I'm going to yeah. throw it out here. And the real ones know, man. Summertime in Seattle, specifically July and August, I don't okay. think there's a better place in America to be. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. Especially okay. with the mountains and the lakes and everything up there. I know, like, the several times I've been up there during the summer, dude, you can paddleboard, you can hike, you can enjoy the streets in the middle of the day, and you're not sweating. It's a wonderful place yeah. to be. It is. Uh, it's, it's pretty special this time of year. So Luke, man, I know we gave you a bit of an intro and we know you really, really well, but why don't you give a little bit of background on yourself, where you're from, you know, your road to the NFL. So some of the folks that might not know you, uh, anything else in, you know, 82 on the field can know a little bit more about your backstory. Yeah. So uh, I'll keep it somewhat quick, but um, I was born in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Canadian geography, it's right across the border from Detroit, Michigan. I, it's about 10 minutes. My, uh, my childhood home was 10 minutes from the Ambassador Bridge. Fun fact, to drive to Detroit, you actually have to drive north. Um, you know, fun fact, if you guys are ever in a trivia day, okay, that might be able to something. But uh, so I, most- I can tell you this is true. Luke and I one time had an argument about this and actually pulled out the map on the wall in the <laughs> locker room and went through this. So that is a true yeah. fact for anyone listening. Next fun fact. It's not exact, but we're almost on the same uh, latitude line as San Francisco. Okay. Wow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just letting you know, man. I'm just letting, I'm just keeping he's it a real. Walk, he's there. a walking atlas, man. At this That's point, what I'm saying, like- Alex. So anyways, <laughs> yeah, I grew up there. Uh, you know, pretty standard family upbringing. Uh, my two older brothers that are fraternal twins and a younger sister, um, pretty active. You know, all four of us were in just a variety of different things. 
brothers were uh, big football players. It's a little different, um, you know, where I'm at. And it's getting a little maybe more serious. I'm not 100% sure. But, like, high school football was pretty chill. Like, we didn't really watch film. We didn't have, like, a workout program. Uh, gotcha. We didn't even really have practice uniforms. It was, like, our old game uniforms from 10 years ago that was all tattered. Um, so little plug there. So Luke actually donated practice uniforms to his high school when he made it to the NFL. So I was a little like, uniform, tie back man. and game, and game nice. uniforms, man. Yeah, nice. Yeah. nice. So, but that wasn't where I was going with that, but thank you, Tanya. <laughs> um, so played high school kind of was more of a hockey baseball kid, to be honest, growing up. And, uh, it's funny. And I don't know if anybody who's into the business side of things, one of my number one things that I do is always listen to my mother. And I'll explain to you why here in a sec, which is going to tie into how I met you guys. So hockey was kind of like not working out as well as I had hoped it would. And, but I was always kind of a dude who thought positive and was like, all right, I'll just take a different route to, you know, be a traditional Canadian kid and make the NHL. Yep. And uh, that summer, somebody was like, Hey, why don't you, uh, you know, take a, your foot off the gas with baseball a little bit and play we had club football, so kind of right. like AAU basketball. Right. Try and make up the difference because our high school football is so weak. Gotcha, gotcha. In comparison to, like, if we were to go down to Texas as a high school, we would have gotten absolutely drilled by everybody. Yeah, okay? absolutely. Now, absolutely, not even close. But then it's like, don't get me wrong, this club team I was on probably still would have gotten drilled by a lot of teams in Texas. But we at least talent wise, like if you guys are out there, be like, hey man, these kids are athletic. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Like, it's tough kids. Yeah. So you get this like all district team. Again, I refer to it as like AAU basketball if you want to. Kind of like an all city, whatever, all star team. And we play like throughout our province. And uh, they had this like camp. Someone, and, and one of my coaches was like, why don't you go to this camp? There's a bunch of like university kids there. So I'm like, all right, man. Uh, so I stroll up there. It's just shy of Toronto, a place called Waterloo. It's about, you know, three hours and some change from my house. And uh, I head on up there. My mom drives me, you know, I'm summer going into senior year. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing defensive end. I don't even know if you guys know this story. <laughs> I'm playing defensive end, and the camp was kind of strange on some shady shit. Back then, the NCAA outlawed this. It was like, I found this out later, why so many coaches came. When I say coaches, it was mainly GAs. Mm. was because it was international. There was a loophole in the NCAA where schools could pay their coaches to go up there. Oh, wow. Get like GAs to go on this trip and be like, yo, I can give you like two grand to go up there. Yeah, that's nice. And wow. we also did three a days, full pads. Yeah, they didn't care. I, I can't even, I can't even imagine, man. I can't even think imagine. Of it, like there's no governing NCA body. Right, yeah. right, right. So we go out there and uh, I'm playing DN and there's a coach from Louisville. So there were a lot of coaches, mainly smaller schools, non-D1 schools, but the D-line coach was from Louisville. And he was just like all about this defensive end. Day one, he was ragging me. And I'm just like, and this defensive end was like a highly prep school kid from Quebec. Um, and I was kind of a no name type guy. And I'm like, okay, this is like nonsense. This guy's all over my case, whatever. So I, we finished like day one and uh, 
I'm like, or practice one. And I'm like, mom, like, we need to, we need to go home. This is a joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a joke. Right. So she's like, why don't, you, why don't you move to tight end? I'm like, mom, I don't even like in Canada. I didn't really play tight end. I played slot receiver. Cause we get that like motion to the yeah, line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, mom, I don't even play tight end. she goes, just go play tight end. I'm like, all right. So I go back to the second, the Friday when you showed up, it was two practices. Saturday was three. Sunday was three. Okay. With a scrimmage at the end. So I go to the second practice Friday and uh, I'm like, yo, I'm going to switch to tight end. I like tell a little camp manager guy. Yeah. Whatever you call him. And he's like, oh, we don't even have a tight ends coach here. So just go with the old line. I'm like, you got to be <laughs> shitting that's a, me right that's now. That's a terrible turn. Terrible. I'm yeah. like, so I go over there and, and no disrespect. There actually were a few like really good linemen that have had successful careers. Um, that were there. One of them actually went to Rice with us. And one of them is uh, still playing in the CFL. But at the time, like, your high school lineman, these guys aren't that athletic. Mm-hmm. I'm looking like LeBron James compared to these guys. <laughs> right, right. And I'm not saying that's because yeah. I was LeBron James. I'm saying because the, cre- the, the crop I was The comparison, going- yeah, yeah. We understand. We hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm all upset, and I'm like, man, this is nuts. So practice ends. Uh, the coach is from Eastern Michigan. He takes a liking me, but I'm like, this is still nuts. Like, I'm like, mom, like, let's just go home, see if we can get our money back. Mm-hmm. She's ripping me a new one. She's like, you're not going home. Like, we already paid. I'm not, I didn't drive up here for one day. Like, just stick it out. And I'm like, all right. Next day, Blake Miller from Rice University shows up a day late. He's the O line coach. He's all over me. That, I do, I don't know how strange I want this podcast to get. But it did get a little weird when he asked me to go to his hotel room and he started taking photos of me. You know, when you're a 17-year-old kid, I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, yeah. Nothing bad happened. It was just one of those things where, like, he wanted to – he thought no one would believe. Yeah, that he found someone that could actually play. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Now I'm in the rough, man. Yes. About two weeks later, I remember sitting on the phone and – Blake and, and Coach Patterson called me and they're like, we're officially offering you a full ride to Rice. I had sent some highlight film of the AAU team, like, and, uh, yeah. And I was remember sitting on the phone like, are these guys fucking nuts, man? Yeah. Excuse my language, but, and the rest was kind of history, man. Ended up at Rice. Yeah. Uh, as you guys both know, like a very roller coaster ride there. I think for everybody who's played football at Rice, Yep, accurate. That's pretty great, accurate. Yes, there's a lot of great things that occurred. There's a lot of head scratchers, you yep. know. But yep. uh, all in all, met some phenomenal people. Um, great education. It was nice that I didn't win as much as you guys did. You know, next year, the last year there, when you guys won the conference. But uh, coming out with a bowl game where I was playing in, and then another one where I was a red shirt was like, you know, I. Say so it was a good time. Not yeah. bad. Not bad setup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm here going into year eight. Yeah, I was going to say, it's man, it, it, it's definitely panned out, you know, becoming an NFL draft pick, winning a Super Bowl in your rookie year, you know, getting to play in another one, um, gaining a ton of, you know, fan love, I think, throughout the way. I think we could still hear the echoes of Luke throughout the stadiums, man, especially at CenturyLink. <laughs> it, it's pretty cool. So, you know, Obviously, we talked about winning the Super Bowl, but was winning the Super Bowl the best part of your NFL career so far? Or like, 
what, what do you think has been your, your best moment in the NFL that you've enjoyed? Not necessarily accolades yeah. or whatever else, but what's been your best moment you've enjoyed? It was winning the Super Bowl, but not the actual game. Um, so, like, kind of like I said, I just told you a story about my mom, and, you know, uh, she was a prominent role in my life, played a prominent role, and still does. And so does, so does my father. Um, we're, like, all very close, in my opinion. So after you win the Super Bowl, you're allowed two people on the field. Yep. And uh, I mean, just like the amount of sacrifices my parents kind of made when it came to like, not just me either. You know, you've, I've got two older brothers that both Twins played football. Too, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And played a variety of sports. My younger sister was into volleyball, skating, uh, you know, numerous things. It's like, they were just always on the go trying to like provide opportunities, including outside of sports. Like my mom was pretty adamant that I try and learn an instrument, which to be honest, I regret because I kind of, I kind of didn't put a great amount of effort into that, but if I could go yeah. back, I would. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just a variety of things. So after that, we beat the Denver, my mom and dad were on the field or came down to the field. And it was kind of like a, small like thank you to them in the sense like my dad's a big sports fan too and he was just like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed I remember Strahan walking by him with the Vince Lombardi trophy I mean it's just nuts you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah. I was a year removed from Rice which did not I mean you guys know we won't get into the but my senior year did not go very well you know dark times and then it's like 12-13 months later uh really yeah 13 months later, I'm sitting out at MetLife with my mom and dad. It was just kind of like a thank you to them. Like to be able to share that moment, for sure. something that I'll forever cherish. Yeah, I mean, I, awesome. can, I can say I was fortunate enough to be at that game and it, it was an awesome experience to get to see, obviously you win and, and everything you've overcome, I think was really cool. But to see your family down there was really cool and to have, you know, such close friends and family there at the game that had to be really, really awesome. I know for us watching, it was sick. And so for you on the field, it must've been really cool. Had to be, had to be. And I'm, I'm going to back up real quick. Cause we're, I know we're going to get deep into his, you know, careers and things he's doing after football. We dove into that really quick, but a lot of people don't know that you had a brief stint in professional baseball as well. Um, and, you know, I want to know how you were able to focus, you know, football, baseball, school, all the kind of the highest levels in America. Um, and then what was like the deciding factor that led you to, you know, choose football over baseball? Alex, you're going to, you're going to love this stuff, man. I'm telling you because some of it deals with one of your previous guests, coach K. All right. So we all, you know, coach K great friend of mine, but at the time was our coach and, uh, but he's an intense dude, man. Rightfully so. Like I love coach K always have, but I remember I get this call, uh, Another, just tell me if I'm telling too many weird stories here, guys. But you're good. So you're good. We, remember, we used to have these Friday like bloodbath lifts. Yep. Okay, and for then sure. we all go to like one of the new colleges. Have breakfast. And have breakfast, exactly, Tanya. So, you remember the one year? This is deep, man. We're, okay, but I had uh, shout out Trevor Jones. I was blocking Trevor Jones, and I broke a bone in my foot. Okay. Yep. So I broke a, phone, a bone in my foot in Miss Spring Camp, and I had like a cast on in my knee. For those people that are listening and don't know, this is actually the off season. I think 
Alex, myself, and Luke all became really all close hurt. because all of us got hurt <laughs> the in the time. same week yeah. and spent yeah. the offseason rehabbing together. So we were, like you just said, we were like, yo, man, rehabbing. What do rehab guys do? We go in and lift a bunch of weight and do everything we can. So I remember <clears throat> we have this big bloodbath Friday, whatever, 15 of us load up, get over to the, is it McMurtry? Am I nailing that? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, McMurtry have our breakfast and I'm getting a call from a 519 number that uh, <clears throat> I thought was a prank. Cause like, who's calling me from my hometown that I don't have like saved in my phone. Yep. So I step away from the table. I answer it. I'm like, what's up? And uh, I'm like, which one of my idiot buddies is calling me right now? <laughs> and uh, the guy goes, is this Luke Wilson? I go, yeah. And I'm being like really sure. He goes, uh, this is Jamie Lehman with the Toronto Blue Jays. How's it going? And I'm like, good. And I'm like, okay, like, what is it? Yeah. Dickhead is calling me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a prank now, right? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, I got your name from uh, Greg Hamilton, background on that. But Greg Hamilton was the kind of the manager of our junior national team. So in high school, Alex, I played for the uh, – he's more than the manager of the junior national team. He operates the entire Baseball Canada program. But I knew him as the head coach, manager of our junior national baseball team. Right before I showed up to Rice, there's like a world junior baseball classic type thing. And I played for Team Canada. Nice. And I hadn't played legitimate baseball really since then. I played one year of like summer league um, that went really badly in Houston. I don't think I got a hit. And um, he goes, well, I was talking with the head of baseball Canada, Greg Hamilton. At that point, I was like, okay, this is not a prank call now. None of my buddies would know who Greg Hamilton is. Right. And he's like, uh, he told me, we were asking him if there's any Canadians that he thinks like can project to go into the MLB. And he mentioned you. And part of that was because at the time, uh, Brett Laurie was having a ton of success for the Blue Jays. Mm. And also being a Canadian was like a huge right. star throughout the country. Mm -hmm. For sure. And Brett was my age. We played on the same team. Gosh. So I remember looking down at my foot. He goes, are you still playing at all? Have you swung? And uh, I remember looking down. I got a cast on just pulling me. <laughs> and I remember telling him, yeah, I, I swing all the time, man. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because we've become, like, kind of buddies since this. And he knew that I, like, he, I, of course, my, like, whatever it was, 21-year-old self thought I pulled, like, a fast one on him. Yep. He, like, blatantly knew I hadn't played. But uh, so we had worked something out where I would go down, take my – Rice, we kind of had that weird schedule. So I was like, listen, the original plan was for me to go into my redshirt junior year, ball out, declare for the draft. This was what – again, not many people know this, but declare for the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. If it didn't work out, uh, then go play baseball and be done at Rice. Yep. Wow. And, yeah, this is kind of a new one. Tanya, have I ever told you this? No. Yeah, I, I remember this. It, the yeah. part of the story hasn't gone to yet where he had maybe the worst batting practice pitcher of all time <laughs> to prep him for to go play for the Blue Jays. So I, oh, yes, I, yes, yes. I really struggled at that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so we go, the retro junior season comes. I'm still talking to the Blue Jays. I start the year off. I'm catching a bunch of balls. Uh, you know, I think that was the year we beat Purdue early. Yep. yep. 
So we are all like, man, we're going to a bowl game for sure. Blah, 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 blah. Like, this is a year. Um, and I was, I was on, like, the whole – and, again, back in the day, I was into this stuff. But I was like, oh, I'm on the midseason Mackey list, like, which is the top 14 Titans in the nation. I'm like, I got to keep balling. I'll, like, make the finalists. And then I'll definitely, like, I'll declare and get drafted. But I would never tell anybody that, Rice, because it sounds insane. And, honestly, looking back, it was insane, but I was a punk kid. So uh, I twist my ankle against Tulsa and miss the last five games of the year. And now all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I can't come out of rice my junior year. I haven't played seven games. And now I'm like, what am I going to do with baseball? Like I told these guys I'd go this year if I didn't. So I had worked it out where, okay, I'm like, listen, I got to come back. But like I moved all my exams up, rice with that early exam period. I got them all moved up and I'm a philosophy major. So a lot of my exams are actually papers. Mm-hmm. So I did all my papers, a few exams I didn't had. I talked to the professors, uh, took them early and worked out where I'd be like, we had like four, I had like four or five weeks where I could go down to Florida and play baseball. Okay. So that was when Canyon and Randy were like, we were playing catch on the rice and mirror field, sneaking onto the batting practice thing. Oh, yeah. Trying to, like, get some work in so I don't look like a bum. Um, I got to baseball, and I don't think I've ever had a more miserable time as far as, like, camaraderie goes. Okay. You know, when you go from, like, a football – and I'm sure – and it's not a knock against baseball guys because I'm sure you guys know them. Baseball dudes have, like, the greatest personalities, I find. like. But uh, It's a different feel, in, yeah. When you're in extended spring, a.k.a. you're not even on a team. Yeah. Um, it's not really a great atmosphere. And I remember sitting there thinking like, all right, man, I'm clearly, you know, tool wise, I thought I was right there. Pretty much everybody, like I can hit mainly hitting, not everything and like not throwing, but I'm like, I can hit with everybody, but like, I have, haven't played in three years, no reps. Like, I'm like, I'm going to need like years of get into this thing right. and I can probably do it. And, uh, again, that's just me being positive, but I'm like, okay, that's assuming though, that I got to jump. There's seven minor league teams, Yep. you know? And I'm like, so not only do I got to be ready, but I got to like, you got to kind of fall into the right situation. So, uh, I remember sitting there thinking, I, I looked over, I was sitting in a hotel, grimy hotel in Dunedin, Florida (laughs) and, uh, with a roommate. And I remember thinking to myself, like, all right, man, if you go have a good year at Rice, you're six, seven months away from getting drafted, and there's no minor leagues here. You, right. like, straight straight in, right? Straight yeah. in the NFL. Or you're six to seven years with some luck of making the MLB. Yeah, rookie at 35. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm like, all right. So I went in, told the Blue Jays that I – my body wasn't ready to play football left on my five weeks. I left after I think three and a half. And uh, I also felt like, and you guys remember this, but I was like, dude, I was, you know, I wasn't nominated yet, but I kind of felt like I was going to be a team captain of the rice team that year. Yeah. Um, I thought we were going to be pretty good, which we were, you know, and I'm like, I cannot miss any summer workouts. Like yep. that kind of where it loops into Coach K where I'm like, yo, man, after everything that I've like done the last 
three, four years here. I'm like, for me to like miss the first week of summer workouts would be a slap in the face to like guys that I really respect. And I would lose a lot of respect of guys on the team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my dad came down, I got on my Chrysler Sebring and we drove from Florida back to Texas, man. <laughs> and that was the end of my baseball career. Gotcha, ended, up, gotcha. ended up working out, huh? hey, ended man, up working know? out. Yeah. So we're now at a point, you know, like you said, heading into year eight, you've had a successful NFL career so far, you know, won a Super Bowl, went to another one, um, have gained a lot of you know, love from fans all over the place. You've also done quite a bit off the field, right? I think you've built a pretty big brand that people recognize um, kind of around around the United States, and especially in Canada, for sure. So tell us a little bit about your off the field, you know, career in media a little bit, how that's come about and, and kind of your brand in general, how you've kind of seen that develop. Okay, so uh, I'm going to start with the brand question here, Tanya. And I have a, a bit of a different perspective than I think a lot of people. And I don't want this to come up as I'm some sort of business mogul, because obviously I'm not. But uh, somebody told me something about like entrepreneurship or being an entrepreneur. I, I just can't stand that word, man. I think it's very strange, but you know. <laughs> uh, we, um, we agree, man. We talk about on this podcast several time, times. It, it's become yeah. the biggest buzzword in America. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, and I don't even consider myself like a young entrepreneur, but I'm <laughs> correct for this podcast. But they said, you know, if you ever want something, you know, or you want to be special in this world or in this space, you've got to be offering or doing something that other people don't do. Like and I'm like, you know, what does that really mean? It's obviously a broad statement. But I think that the more I've been in the NFL – and the more I've been around, you know, situations, and now I've got even in my hometown, I opened up a performance facility. Um, some of the media stuff. I'm like, I think the best thing is just that I really focus on is authenticity. Yep. And what I mean by that is that, and I'm, I'm sure you guys run into this, and it's across probably every sort of line of work, mm -hmm. is that a lot of people will say or act or do things that they're generally expected to say yep. or they will change like hey man i'm gonna say this and especially in the age of social media like i'm gonna say this for this purpose this isn't even what i really believe right it's just like the theme of the month right now or like this is gonna be a hot take or whatever yep. and it like sure. getting this like wild groupthink mentality and i'm like you know for me i'm just gonna be me as yeah, simple yeah. as that sounds. Absolutely. And I think that there was times in, younger in my career where I, I didn't have that. But as I've gotten older, especially with the media stuff, um, and I'm learning this throughout the you know performance facility and operating a gym, that the more I can kind of like make things into my own unique experience and like, hey, this reflects me. This reflects my values. This is who I am. This is an act the more success that I've found off the field. Um, so again, uh, talking to, the, we'll start with the media stuff, Tanya, but when I, I was first approached by TSN, um, I was down there, it was in Houston, it was the Houston Super Bowl. That's right. And uh, you know, it was very, and I kind of blamed TSN, but the reality was it was my fault. It was very like suit and tie, you know, and they're like, hey Luke, like, I want you to talk about someone's, it was the Falcons versus the Patriots. Uh -huh. And 
I remember being like, you know, I can't stand when these guys talk about us, don't really know what they're talking about, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And then like now I'm part of the problem. And I was like all mad that I like did it. Granted, it was a fun week outside of the media. As, a, as Tanya and Farley knows. It was, okay? it was. But uh, <clears throat> it's like one of those things where I was like, that's just so not me. And I felt like you almost feel kind of dirty in a way. I know that sounds weird, but it was right. like, that was like, who is this guy? I've got a suit and tie on. I'm, yeah, I'm disingenuous. Here, like, you know? Yes, exactly. Great yeah. word. And then it was like the next year I ended up going with a uh, kind of a competitor up there. It's called Rogers Sports Cent. And they gave me a little more freedom. And yeah, I'm still wearing a suit and tie, but I'm like doing a little prank show. We're like out and about on the town, like doing like, hey, a Super Bowl week. At, like your like, personality. Yeah. Yes. And then um, the next year I did the same thing. This year I actually went back to TSN and, and had really like a very healthy balance. But even on the panels, it's like, hey, man, I'm not going to sit here and give you the cookie cutter answer. Right. Yep. You know? Yeah, I'm still dumb wrong. I'm still suited and booted on some of these panels, but it's like they ask me questions. It's like I'm answering like I would be talking to you guys. Right. And it's weird, but then all of a sudden I, I got way, way, way more positive feedback being like, yo, man, like I think that especially in that media world, like people just appreciate authenticity right now. For yep. sure. You know, and I mean, being an NFL guy helps. Like, I had some hot takes on there, you know, some angles people probably don't think about. But uh, it's like, you, sure. you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to say, again, I'm learning as a girl, like, let's let's play the long game here and just, like, be you. And I think right. that more people in today's society are appreciating, like you said, Alex, that people who aren't disingenuous – and uh, that's kind of how I've built my brand, even on Instagram. Like, I'm not that active, but when I am, it's like I try and put posts that actually do mean something to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, no, and I think that's a, I think it's a great way to look at it. And I think your story of your personal brand is very similar to what we're seeing for successful brands kind of across the world right now, that people have seen how disingenuous they've been, been for a long time. And with coronavirus, with social justice, people are aligning with brands they trust, right? And they trust them because they're authentic and because they follow through on what they say and because they post meaningful things and actually mean it, right? So I think what you're saying aligns with what successful brands, global corporate brands have done, you know, over the last couple of years and it's paid dividends here. We talked about last week with Reggie about, you know, brands that have reached out to their community or invested in, in causes that they really care about. And because of that, when the economy goes down or maybe, you know, there's companies that aren't being supported, these people are going out of their way to support you. I think, you know, you see the same thing with your brand and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, as you've moved, you know, like you were with the Seahawks, the Lions, you know, Bruce and with the Raiders and back with the Seahawks. I mean, you've had a fan base has followed you because of that, right? Because of who you are and because they know that you're going to be that guy. And I think, you know, you in the locker room as well, right? Your team brand, like guys know what they're getting from you as well, which I think is really, you know, helped carry that. Would you agree with that? I couldn't agree with you more on that entire statement you just made, Tanya. And I think that, uh, that is exactly you articulate a lot better than my dumbass did. That's exactly um, the kind of vibe that I am trying to approach on all aspects of my life, even right. on my personal life, you know. Right. Um, so that's kind of that's I guess my little two cents is the uh, 2020 man. The more authentic um, you can be, yep. I think the better chance at having success you'll have. 
agree. I like that. I like that. And I definitely love how you went into the media game that's, you know, been around for years and kind of the same thing, cookie cutter, and became your own, found your niche, found what people liked about you. And and that led you to, you know, you know, a greater following, a greater showing. And I just want to ask a quick question of how do you know when to not cross that line? Or what are your tips to somebody that's a younger influencer or, or a younger athlete that, you know, is building their brand, building their marketing, building their, their whole network and keeping it to where that uh, they don't get destroyed on social media or that they don't, or that they don't, um, you know, mess up what they are already building up. What yeah. was the kind of advice would you give to them to showing that you can be genuine, but also don't cross that line just to make a quick buck. Yeah. So this is what, <clears throat> excuse me, Alex, but <clears throat> one of the things I, I think that plays into this, what you just said, which is kind of, you said the last thing, the don't cross the line to make a quick buck mm-hmm. is that, and I'm learning this even in the NFL, like going to year eight and I'm kind of looking back like, damn, man, you start to get it now. Like you take things one day at a time. And like year two, it was like, man, I want to be in year eight, like year eight. And now I'm like in year eight, I'm like, man, it was hard work, but there's no like shortcut to what you're trying to do here. So I'm trying to think of how to articulate my answer for this, but I find a lot of people will be like, you know what, man, I'll like sacrifice some authenticity for this like moment. Right. right. And it's like, dude, maybe in that moment, this moment seems like a huge ordeal, yep. but it's not when you look at like an eight year, 10 year, 15 year timeline. Absolutely. Sure. When you look at the macro, it's, it's, it's just a piece of the puzzle, right? Yes. And it's like, sometimes, you know, and I, I even think about this with my personal social media, cause I got people like, yo, say this or do this or do that. And right. it's stuff that I believe in, but I'm like, dude, it's not the right time. You know, and the right time might be two, three, four, five years from now. But it's like, listen, man, I haven't given enough thought. I haven't explored this. I'm not as educated enough on this to like really say something because we live in a cancer culture, man. Right. Whether you want to like admit that or not, that's the truth. So it's like, oh man, I could say this, get my clickbait. It's offside, but like now all of a sudden I'm going to be in a lot of people's mouths and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, what was the, worth? What was the cost? Yep. You, and you just can't measure that until five years later. Yeah. You're sitting there in whatever field you're in. It's like, no, I've got a meeting. Now I've got this. Now I'm trying to partner with this brand. Now I'm trying to start my own thing. And someone's there is like, man, I remember five years ago, you said that dumbass shit. Yeah. No, it's and a different it, world, right? You know, what kind of character does that speak to? And I'm not saying dude should be afraid. Right. And it's like, if you got something controversial to say and you believe it, like, and you're educated and you want to say it, which I, again, I say, key point for me is if you're educated on the situation, yep. not just how you feel. Right. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. It's like, go ahead and say it, man. Because if you're that, like, I love using the term woke, right? If you're that woke on the situation, you'll know like, Hey man, uh, like five years from now, I'm still going to believe in this. I'm still going to believe in this business. Like I invested a bunch of money in here and I'm supporting this local business because I know, or not just local corporate business. Cause I love how they operate. Like I've got, right. you know, no, so that kind of, that's my thing is like that. I think that the, especially today's like cancel culture, the quick buck, you know, the very fast, like, yo man, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get the clickbait, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's trained like, for a little man, while. This will get me going and maybe it, maybe it like 
you know, does open a door for me for two years. But if you're looking for longevity, if you're looking mm -hmm. for longevity, and I think you're starting to see that with a lot of, especially in the media, personalities, man, it doesn't last that way. And you're seeing like, hey, people that were very relevant in sports radio, I'm going to go to sports, like that's what I know, in sports talk five, six years ago, they're not anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you're seeing, you know, we talked when we talked with Reggie Van Lee last week, and then a few weeks ago, we had um, Brian Michael Cooper on who was, you know, at Rice when we were there, and then was the president of the Roughnecks. And they both talked about that, you know, as you grow your personal brand, or you grow your company brand, you have to start with your ideals, like what are your values and your ideals, and you have to stick to those and where companies and personal brands fail is what you talked about. As they grow, they stray from their ideals, right? They take the shortcut, they take the quick. And because of that, we live in a culture now that do when things go bad, right? If it's cancel culture, if it's something that came out on you before, if it's you make a poor decision, they're gonna point to, hey, you strayed from your values. You said this, but you really did this. And so I think you talking about like, I'm gonna be me, whether it's good or whether it's bad, but people know it's me. So they know it's, it's my thought. It's my value the whole time. It's similar to what we do here at Athenian, right? As we're growing as a firm, we have our values that we stick to. And yeah, there's times it's been tempting, right? There's ways to like find a quick way to get more social media or get in front of more customers or make, make a couple of quick bucks, you know? Yeah. Take a shortcut on a solution. But for us, it's about sticking to the values that we have similar to what you talk about and delivering on those results. That's how you talk about year in year eight. I mean, there have been countless road bumps along the way for you, right? I know you and I have talked about a lot of them. There's been some hard times, man. Like no lie, there's been some hard times for us at the company as well. And you think about looking back on that, if we wouldn't have leaned on our values, if you wouldn't have leaned on your values of hard work, dedication, you know, positivity, you wouldn't be there, right? You wouldn't be where you're at. And people wouldn't see you as that kind of beacon for that that you are now. People wouldn't look at a company like Athenian. People wouldn't look at a company that's grown if they don't stay on that, right? So I think I think those are all really valid points. I think it's great to hear from, you know, a personal brand as well and someone in sports that, you know, how it applies to, to the rest of the world. So Luke, man, I, I know we've been on for a little bit, but I got one more question for you because for those of you that don't know, Luke is our out-of-the-box thinker friend. And I mean that in the best way possible, right? He, he likes we to- made, We made him take the tinfoil hat on before he got on camera, guys. <laughs> no doubt, Alex. No doubt, bro. Trust me. I've been wearing it. I've been wearing it with pride these days. My and God. There has, there's been plenty in the media uh, recently that you know, we can focus on. But one of the questions we always ask our guests um, you know, on the podcast is you know, what they've been reading, listening to, or learning from lately. Uh, you know, why it's important to them and what they think it's either bringing to them or the community around them. So for you, man, what's, what's been the latest read or the latest thing you've been following and why? Dude, I've got a weird one, man. I don't even know if I should admit this. I've got a weird one, man. Let's Alex is already laughing. I know he's laughing. <laughs> Listen, man, you hold your judgment, all right? All right, hold your judgment, Tanyan. Look at him. He's scowling at me. I'm, hold, I'm holding judgment. All right. I'm, I'm staying here on this. So what I, what I'm really like trying to do these days is just read some like wild shit, man. Some, you know, maybe not like, I'm not talking political here. I'm talking more spiritual. Um, maybe some stuff that people don't necessarily love reading or love reading with it. You know, and I'm not saying I agree. I want to preface it. <laughs> I don't know where he's going. It's, it's, about, it's about a well-rounded perspective. I get where you're going with yes, it, right? Okay. So I'm getting into, have you ever seen the Netflix documentary, Wild Wild Country? 
Yes. I have not. I have. Yes. The guys yes. in the red? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Remember uh, the main dude there, Osho? Mm-hmm. Bro, it's right over there, man. I got, I got two big Osho books. Bro, <laughs> some of this stuff is like pretty wild. interesting. Bro, it's actually – well, and like I, I, I talked to somebody who, you know, wasn't in the Oregon commune but like mm-hmm. was pretty tight with a few people that were. I think that the Netflix documentary might have had some like Hollywood spices added to it. Of course, of course, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that I would have been in the Oregon commune here. I wouldn't have. But there's a lot – and he also doesn't write. Apparently this was just a student writing what he said. But there's some thoughts this guy has in this book. Where I'm like, bro, no one really says this shit, but it's pretty deep, man. I haven't read anything extreme by any means. That documentary mm-hmm. kind of paints it as like very, very extreme. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, man, there's some, uh, it's kind of more of a philosophy book. Well, that's good. I mean, like I said, yeah. we it's always some good really, somewhere, man. Yeah. yeah. And being educated it's, on this stuff is important because then you can have a perspective on it. You can know. So we'll, we'll make sure we link up the link to the, the Netflix doc and then we'll get the information for the books from you. We'll put in the link of the podcast so people can check it out and get kind of a, a holistic look of what's going on. But man. Also, another one. I'm yeah. sorry. I forgot. Well, I love it. Lay it on us. Um, as you guys know, and I mentioned earlier, I'm Canadian. But I'm actually pretty deep in some uh, of the American history with regards to race. Yep. Um, and it's pretty frightening. I'm not going to lie. Especially when you read about things and videos about things such as redlining. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mean, it's one of the most outrageous things I've ever heard. You know, the prison industrial complex, Alex and I have talked about this. We had a podcast, this is probably about a month ago now, Alex, where we kind of went into, you know, some of the race relations in this country and then specifically with people that, you know, we work with on a daily basis. And it's it's pretty crazy to hear the firsthand accounts, right? From things that, you know, most of us, you and I, especially Luke, probably never grew up around or experienced and then learning about it at a broader scale. I mean, once again, right, the more information you can have, I think the better. Yeah, it's, uh, so again, it's one of those topics, though, where I feel like not, you know, spending the first 18 years of my life in a different country, I'm uh, continuing to, like, press into you because there's a, it's not just as simple as, like, oh, here's the redlining law. There's an ungodly amount of negative things that are really disheartening. For sure. Yeah, for sure. it, goes, it goes deep and I'm yeah, glad you're goes, expanding expanding the horizon yeah, you know dude, yeah alex it could go, and i'm learning that like yeah you know it goes uh it goes very deep which is and it almost seems like this never-ending like yeah cycle it's just like every corner you turn you're like what yeah yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's weird it's weird it's like i knew i all that stuff i knew growing up and everything you see is some kind of you know, backdoor to it or some underlying yeah. message or, or a different statement. And yeah, it's funny to see when you start digging and looking into it a lot. Well, and the yeah. interesting thing that, that Alex and I found um, is, you know, we were talking about some of our like thoughts on everything that's happened over the last couple of months. And we talked about some of the experiences and like biases we had growing up that weren't from our parents, right? But were from the media. And it was wild because Alex and I had similar biases that we were like taught 
right? But obviously growing up in two different parts of the country, two different yeah. cultures, two different socioeconomic backgrounds. It was interesting to see like that we had both thought of that, right? And obviously like yeah. that they didn't affect me as much as they did affect Alex, but to see where we're at now and then talk about, it, I think is important. I mean, that's the only way that we can grow as mm-hmm. like, you know, future parents or future leaders in this country is understanding like what you learned from or what you grew from and, and where we can make it better. So I think, I think that's a great thing to learn and, and, and read about. Big time. So Luke, we appreciate you coming on today, man. Uh, we will make sure we link up your, your Twitter and social media before we go, man. Is there any charities or brands you want, uh, you want the, the followers to reach out to or, or, or check out that you think are important? I just bought an avocado bed. Sounds, what? I don't even know what that is, but we'll make sure we link that up. So people can check <laughs> out what that is. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. It seems like a really cool fucking ordeal. Cool. I'll let you know when it comes in and I sleep on it, how, uh, how the vibe is. Oh, it's an actual bet. I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was like something to put yeah. your avocados in. No, 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 It's an actual mattress. It's not actually made with, uh, maybe it is. I don't know, but it's wow. not made with, it's a, it's a sustainable, like clean, no chemical bed. Oh, sustainably okay. sourced. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to have a follow-up. We'll have a follow-up Athenian short where we just like check in yeah. on Luke's avocado I just wanted, bed. I, yeah. I want to know if the bed bro, bugs bro, stay away or out, if the bed man. bugs Listen. eat the avocado, you know? You can get the vegan version. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. I just, got the, I just got the green mattress. Okay, with, so the, with the, If you go on the site, there's an extra three-inch layer you can put on there. So I got that too. <laughs> the extra padding. Well, we'll yeah, have to yeah, check yeah. it out, man. Check it out, boys. I'm telling you. It's got good reviews. It's got good reviews. Love that. All right, Luke. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. All right. We now head into quick hits with managing partner, Bobby Dixon. Bobby, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. How are you doing today? We're doing well, man. Just came off a great interview with our guest today, Luke Wilson, and had, uh, you know, some good chats about how to build a brand. So, you know, we're looking to get some feedback from you from a, a business owner perspective. You know, we had someone who talked a little about how to build a personal brand and how that kind of parlays into the business side. But, you know, from a business owner perspective, what do you see as the key factors to building a strong brand for your business? Sure. Um, so, you with me. You've heard me say this in a different context before. Uh, I'll offer it again. Uh, I, I think two things jump out. Right? You know, what do you want to be known for, and who do you want to be known by? In terms of building a brand and establishing equity of that brand, I think those things are important, right? And then you have to stand up pillars, right, of consistency around those two points, right? You know, so there's, there's value pillars. There's um, style pillars right there's content pillars um and there's 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 all you know sorts of pillars you can kind of you know stand up around those two levers but but you have to be consistent with it right you know so so um and sometimes that means you know saying no to to certain things opportunities and even people right if it's not consistent with the ideals of those pillars Right. And if it's not consistent with how you answered those two overarching questions, right? What do you want to be known by? Who do you want to be known for? Because those things can take you wayward. And then you get to, um, you, you start to send out confusing and conflicting messages in, 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 the, in the marketplace, right? So I think, you know, for me, those two things are very important when you're talking about establishing and building a sustainable brand. Awesome. Yeah. That's spot on. That's- 
I'm, I guess I'm hanging around you too much, man, because that sounded like my answer earlier. But uh. I was going to say that aligns with <laughs> that aligns with Alex's answer from the beginning. And honestly, too, with what Luke talked about from a personal brand perspective. Absolutely. So I think that's spot on. Yeah, we talked to Luke a little bit earlier about uh, the ability with uh, social media and how quickly you can build or destroy the brand in this day and age and the flow of information, how it's coming out. So how should business owners think about their actions going forward? That's a great question, Alex. And, you know, uh, you know, admittedly, I did not cut my teeth or come of age in, in, in this environment, right? You know, so I'm, I'm having to get used to it and embrace it in real time. Uh, give you a personal story, you know, and, 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 and tie that to business. But I, I talk to my son about this all the time. He's 16. He has uh, established a, a track record of, of nothing short of excellence, right, in, in 16 years. But it's brick by brick. Right, you know, that he's done it deed by deed, encounter by encounter, grade by grade, right? You know, and in this world we live in, you know, with, with one send of a of a snap, of a of a of a tweet or you know, whatever it is <laughs> you know, uh we're communicating, is it can get torn down. Sixteen years of excellence, right? You know, right. torn down uh and 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 one click of a button, right? Uh if we're not mindful. And so, you know, tying that back to business, it's the same way. Right. It, it, it's it's you, you've got to give thought uh, to content you, you, you know, you're, you're putting out, you know, how that content's going to be perceived, you know, in the in kind of the 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 days of old. Right. We had in, in person meetings and, mm-hmm. and, and, and face to face encounters where, you know, you get personal voiceover, you can read body language, uh, you can interpret things in real time, right, in real ways. And now, you know as demonstrated by, you know, what we put in tweets and, and, and what we post on platforms and stuff like that, the interpretation is just left to the reader, yeah. right? You know, and by the time you explain it, you know, or clarify it, you know, whatever damage to the brand, you know, uh, that's going to be done. It, it's already, it's already out there. So um, I try personally uh, from a business standpoint, you know, just try to, 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 to communicate clearly, uh, you know, what our message is. Uh, and again, you know, haven't identified kind of the values that we stand by um, and stand up and, and sort of, you know, who we're trying to communicate to just be as consistent as possible. Right. Um, is, is the way, but admittedly, uh, you know, I, I haven't, you know, involved myself a lot, right. You know, in, 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 in today's modes of communications, I'm, I'm still a pick up the phone guy. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I think I've shared this with Tanya and try to wrap this answer up. You know, if, 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 if I personally find myself writing more than two lines about <laughs> much of anything, you know, uh, then I'm going to pick up the phone uh, and, and have a conversation. And this is anything of, of, of real purpose and meaning and impact, right? And if I feel that conversation, you know, is going to last, you know, longer than, you know, 15 minutes or so, then, then I try to, you know, meet face to face. Right. And so obviously in these days of pandemic and, and such, you're going to have to you know, figure out a way that you rework we work that mode of operation. But I'm one that just doesn't put a lot of content, you know, out um, online. But I know that's 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 the way we do it. And, and so we can just kind of guard the messages we put out. So, no, I think that's good. And I think, too, you know, we talked about in the first part with your understand what your values are and make sure you're, you know, sticking true to those. I think that does help, you know, to your answer to the second one. So, um, all right. So last question. So the listeners have not yet heard our 
big three today, but the big three is brands that we think our listeners should support and why. So Alex and I each had three plus, you know, an honorable mention that, that we'll bring up. But for you, uh, what's a brand, you know, or a company or, or something that, that you think people should go out of, out of their way to support and why? That's a good question. Um, what comes to mind is Chick-fil-A. Um, it's an okay. eatery, uh, but, but I, I, I think, can get behind I'm, that. I can get behind that. <laughs> number one, number one is a good product, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, number two, uh, going back to values, right? I can identify with, uh, and agree with, you know, some of their value statements. They, 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 they make them, you know, sort of readily available. And if you understand the story about the founder and that sort of stuff, you just kind of take some things that they've done consistent to the values, right? Chick-fil-A's aren't open on Sundays. You know, think about how much money, you know, they can make, you know, if, if they open that seventh day of the year. But, right. you know, just based on the, the, the founder's owners, uh, excuse me, the founder's values, he, he just determined that, that they weren't going to be open, you know, uh, religious reasons in his case, but, you know, sticking to his values, right? You know, but, but you kind of go from the product to the values uh, to the service, right? Yeah, just kind of think about when you go to Chick-fil-A for some reason, you know, they've got the same kids, you know, from the, right. from the same stockpile, right. right. You know, to pick <laughs> yeah. from, you know, as every other fast food place, but they just seem to be a cut above. Right. You know, and, and to me, that's, that's the culture, right. You know, that's yeah. created uh, in the franchise system and, and, and what they mandate all through the, through the, um, you know, through the ranks. And so, yeah, you know, Chick-fil-A comes to mind, you know, when I think about a brand I'll support uh, because I know the product's good identify with the values and uh, i mean the service no matter if i'm in a chick-fil-a in pearland texas mm -hmm. or if i'm at chick-fil-a in los angeles california right you know i i, I know what the, the, the service is going to be yeah makes sense you know the consistency and, and what they do for for the kids that work there i think is definitely good so well bobby we appreciate having you on and for the insight you know as a business owner and you know as a well-educated you know parent and man as well so we appreciate it and we look forward to talking to you more next week All right, now let's head into the cool down. So Tanya, you know, what's going on? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What's helping you out with your growth this week? So I know we talked about this a little bit on the interview with Luke, but mm -hmm. I last week watched um, the eight part documentary on Netflix called Down to Earth with Zac Efron and uh, Darren Olean. So it's about sustainability um, across the world. So they go to eight different places, uh, sustainability of food, sustainability of energy, sustainability of way of life. And I thought it was fascinating to see how different places around the world approach problems that we in the U S approach differently, right? right. Honestly, mm -hmm. and to see kind of, you know, how that shapes out there, how it plays out, if it can apply where we're at. And then honestly, it's sparked me to order a book called super life, which was written by Darren Olean. And it's about, you know, some things you can do in your life as far as plant-based diet and sustainability mm -hmm. that, you know, is good for the world and good for yourself. So uh, really focused on, you know, sustainability and health, I think in the last week uh, for me, what about okay. you? Nice. Nice. Uh, I probably talked about this a while back cause I was excited when I got this book um, and it was a book for baby sign language. And I Ooh. started a little while back, but I stopped it cause I was like, 
I, the baby's not gonna be here for like six more months. So I probably need to like read this like right before she gets here. So that's what I'm, I picked back up this week. And I'm already learning like little cues and stuff that the baby will do that like most people don't even notice, but like, you know, just like uh, then they clench their hand, they're like hungry or like stressed. And then when their hands are open, like they're fine and happy. And I was like, dang, I, I never looked at that or noticed that or anything like that. So I'm already learning a lot. So I'm excited. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a good one for, uh, for you to learn from. And then, you know, eventually when I have kids and for our listeners, I think that'd yeah, be a good you. one for you. us to, to recommend out for sure. Um, all right. Well then let's move on to our big three. So we kind of teased this earlier. We talked a little bit about with Luke and with Bobby, but our big three today is brands you should support and why. So really specifically, we looked at this as you know, there are a lot of huge brands in the world that are easily recognizable, right? We talked about Amazon, we talked about Pepsi, we talked about, you know, Walmart, but who are some brands that, that we should support, you know, that you specifically out there might not know about and why? So um, I'm going to do my honorable mention first, if that's okay. cool, and then we'll run through. So my honorable mention is probably a brand that most of you have heard of, um, and it's Tom Shoes. So Tom Shoes is a brand that uh, makes sustainable shoes and donates one pair for every pair you buy. They're at like, I think a hundred million now at this point of shoes they've donated wow. that people have bought. So, you know, great cause made from, you know, either recyclable or sustainable goods. And then they mm -hmm. donate a pair um, to someone in Africa with the shoes. So I think that's like kind of the theme of what we're going for today is brands that we should support. So that's my honorable mention. It's crazy, man. I, I, as much as many sneakers as I buy, I have like four or five pair of Toms. I yeah. love them. They're, <laughs> they're, they're the crazy. best shoes to wear around the house, man. It's I like love awesome. them. Yeah. Uh, my, my, I have a, one quick honorable mention. Um, it's not a particular brand, but uh, it's just your local skate shops. I'm a streetwear connoisseur. I love uh, streetwear clothes and hip-hop and uh, hip -hop clothes and thrasher magazines and stuff like that. So, man, just support your local skate shops. I know it's a lot of high-end boutiques and stuff out there nowadays, but our skate shops were there first for us when uh, you couldn't, you know, the only place you could buy streetwear in your community. So, like, let's keep them lifted up and, and continue to support them. Dude, that's a great one. That's a great one. I know that for me, that's like, I still like go to some of the local skate shops because number one, their prices haven't gotten outrageous on some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But number two, they have some really cool local gear. So I Absolutely. support that one. All right. So my number one is Warby Parker. So they are a brand of glasses um, for people that you know, are buying glasses on a routine basis. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there are, you know, the Cole Hans, there's the, you know, the Ralph Lauren, there's big brands that people buy, you know, Versace, whatever it may be. I think you should really think about why you're buying the glasses. So obviously, you know, brand name is great and don't get me wrong, but Warby Parker has really cool styles, a whole bunch, but more importantly, they give back a pair of glasses to someone that can't afford them. Every time you buy one, they also have a, uh, project called the pupils project where they focus on giving glasses to young kids who can't afford glasses and are trying to learn to read right and function as humans so i think they're a great brand they're reasonably priced they do a lot for their community they give back through local agencies right it's not like they're sending um you know things to somewhere you've never heard of right they're working with local partnerships here in the u.s and abroad so i just think overall good brand that's cool. I did not know that about them. I see. I pass by the store all the time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So my first one's going to be uh, the brand title, uh, the music streaming app. I'm loving what Jay-Z and his team is doing for the music community there. Um, not only giving artists uh, more monetary value for their streams than other uh, streaming services, 
but also giving them control and a voice and an outlet to let out more of their artistic media pieces, um, whether it's spoken word or through films and documentaries, uh, that they wouldn't be able to express on other platforms. So I'm, I appreciate what they're doing over there at Tidal. Yeah, Tidal's cool. I think they've done a great job of expanding, to your point, right, in the spoken word and some of the, like the documentaries, because mm-hmm. I know originally you know, people just view it as another streaming service, but it's really a lot more than that. So I would recommend checking it out too. All right. My number two is a company called Love Your Melon. So they are a clothing company that makes mostly hats. Uh, They focus on beanies and snapbacks and whatnot. Now they're cool stuff, right? Great, like uh, chill vibes. I would say Colorado vibes with what they're doing with the brand. But once again, another one that gives back. So instead of giving actual hats, which they do, right? They give away hats as well, but 50% of all the proceeds go to ending childhood cancer. So every time you buy a hat that, you know, something you can use, buy for someone else, 50% is going back to, you know, a little kid that's fighting for his life or, you know, struggling through that. And so I think it's a great cause. Um, Like I said, cool stuff. They do a lot in the community as well. So, you know, besides just giving back, I know they have on-campus brand ambassadors too. So they do a wholesale program where you can like, they help college kids, you know, help fund their education while also helping these kids. So I, I think overall, great brand. Awesome. Awesome. So my second one is going to be Ben and Jerry's. Uh, oh, me personally, one. you know, I'm not a big ice cream guy. I'm more of an Italian ice guy myself, you know, but uh, I do, you know, dabble in the Ben and Jerry's here and there a little bit and love their little ice cream and their little funny flavors that they have. Um, but their brand and their messaging has always been about standing with the people and they don't care who they upset or what kind of cause and effect it does to their revenue. They always want to take a bold stand and speak on the right side of injustices. And they do it in a bold way, straightforward, and not just the politically correct way like most brands do and just make a PC statement. They let you know exactly what they're feeling and exactly what the issue is. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And they focus on sustainability. That was another one I had as an honorable mention, but I didn't nice. want to throw it out early because I love Ben and Jerry's. So I'm not an Italianized guy. I'm an ice cream guy. So I love Ben and Jerry's. Um, all right. My last one is Lego. So I love Legos. I've loved Legos since I was a little kid. Honestly, one of the things I'm excited about when I have children is getting to play with Legos again. So shout out Lego. So Lego is a brand you should support because they are a couple of reasons, right? Number one, it's great for kids. It's great for the, you know, kinetic, like the cognitive function for children. It's great for, you know, hand-eye coordination, all that kind of stuff. So like, that's fantastic. Number one, number two. So Lego had a partnership with Shell for 50 years and they were using petroleum produced from, you know, the Arctic shelf and from some other places to make their product. And they got called out on it. Right. And they realized that this is not good for the environment, all this stuff. So, you know, a few years back, they made a change. They said, we're not doing it that anymore. We're committing to sustainability. So I think this is a great story because they realize, Hey, like the world is changing. We need to like change with it. And so now they are striving to be a hundred percent renewable energy uh, by 2030. So, wow. you know, in the next 10 years and they're, you know, they're working on ethical standards for their employees and human rights. And I think that's becoming increasingly more important. You know, we talk about the information flow of the world earlier with Luke, but you know, if your company doesn't stick to your values and you're, mm-hmm. you know, doing things that you, know, you said you shouldn't be doing, I think that's wrong. So I think, you know, Lego realizing they've made some mistakes, taking a stand and really trying to change what they do to make a better product and continue to deliver for kids. I think it's a brand that we should support. Man, that's awesome. I didn't, I did not know that. And I'm a big Lego guy. I've seen most of the Lego movies that have recently come out. And also, did you know that they had a Lego competition show on Fox, like at the 
early like February and March. It was oh, yeah. awesome. Oh, oh and I God. actually went to a, I went to, so I don't know if this is still going. So the listeners should look this up, but at the art museum uh-huh. in Houston, there was a Lego exhibit. So this guy, this artist made all of these awesome uh, sculptures and actually like mimicked paintings all with Legos. Like what? some of these had like 30,000, 50,000 Legos. So look it up online if you haven't found it, uh, Lego exhibit. That. But if it's not still there, like look it up. It's really cool. I got to find that. I got to find that. Okay. Last one. Um, it's a brand um, as a, I want to say as a whole, but um, he has a few stores and retail locations, but his name is James Whitner with the James Whitner group. Um, he's an American fashion entrepreneur, um, owner of a couple of streetwear boutiques, um, social status, uh, I'm Meniere and APB. Um, he's been in the retail industry about roughly 15 years or so now. Um, he brings just diverse culture and aspects to normal retail, whether it's like a chic bed and breakfast uh, next to one of his stores in Charlotte or a restaurant um, inside of his retail stores like he has here in Houston at Amar Meniere, um, as well as hosting plenty of community events, um, speaking of lack of diversity in the sneaker industry and allowing nonprofit organizations to use his shops and spaces for events as well. I've met him on probably once one or two occasions uh one with one of his store openings in houston as well as another one of his uh, sneaker collaborations with nike i've also met him there and he always continues to just preach um diversifying and and, and lifting up the kids own community and helping out in any way possible and, and i really appreciate everything that he's doing uh, for the community and for the streetwear world as well and just giving opportunities where he sees fit and i appreciate him Oh, for sure. Shout out to Social Status. We love Social Status on this <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah, Alex and I have been several times together. I've actually been, this is a fun fact, I've been to Social Status in three different states <laughs> because Ooh, nice. uh, I went to the one in Pittsburgh before I really knew anything about it. I was just up there visiting a friend and then you and I have been to the one in Houston several mm-hmm. times and I was actually in Charlotte and I, I, I checked it out. So I agree, man. Great stuff. They do a ton for the community, like you said. I, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool what they do. Um. Well, guys, I think we've had an awesome podcast today. I think the insight from Luke on, you know, not only building a brand, but, you know, basing off your core values and building from there and how that shines through, you know, we're seeing that come true in corporations across America, as well as personal brands. I think talking through with Bobby about how to build a brand, you know, from a business side and then hearing kind of his perspective on why the values are important and then you know, I hope the brands that we talked about in the big three, I think was really cool that we had six different ones. We, that yeah. doesn't happen usually for not us not in our big all. three. We think, we think alike a lot. So I think that was great to have six different ones. So I hope, you know, that the team will, will look at that and the folks listening out there will check those out. So we'll make sure to link those out in the bio after this. But guys, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're looking forward to another episode next week. Uh, covering another topic and hopefully continuing to bring value to you. Continue to reach out to us on LinkedIn and our website um, at you know AthenianGroup.us or at info at AthenianGroup.us. Um, and you know we're looking forward to answering your questions or you know getting your feedback so we continue to make this valuable for you. So as always, take time to breathe and focus on your current situation. Adversity breeds ingenuity. And Alex, wise counsel, least sustainable results. <laughs>